declutter takes up so much space in our homes, minds, time, and eventually our landfills. We live in a world that has shaped us into consumers on a planet that can't sustain the consumption. I am Steph Maguire, and the Sort It Out Sustainably podcast is here for the nature freaks and freaks of nature who want to rebel from the consumerist culture and create a more intentional life. I'm on a mission to help you be surrounded by the things that you love and to let go of the things that you don't. I'm all about creating simplicity, sustainability and joy in your home so that you can live a life closer to your full potential. Hello and welcome. I am a little bit nasally right now. Um, I haven't been able to make any podcast episodes for a couple of weeks because I had COVID and yeah, that's why I might sound a little bit nasally, but I'm all good. So if this is not your first podcast episode of mine, then you'll know that I preach the benefits of removing clutter from your life. If this is your first time listening, then hi. Today I'm going to talk about a different kind of clutter, and that is the digital kind. So with physical clutter, I talk about the two main causes of clutter, and that is one, your belongings do not actually belong. You own items that aren't actually used and loved. And clutter cause number two is that your belongings are not kept where they belong. In other words, you don't have a home for your stuff. In our digital world, clutter works the same way. We have files or follow accounts or whatever it is without intentionality behind it and our digital filing systems are a mess. Just like how physical clutter can cloud our thinking and slow down our productivity and impact our mood, digital clutter is the same. In a world where we spend much of our time on our devices, this shit is important. Let's talk about productivity. One of the main influences our files have on productivity is the ease or lack of ease of use. If we have a computer where you can scroll down and there's just a sea of random files, everything takes a little longer to find. Your brain is also being flooded with information during the process and your ability to focus on the task at hand becomes compromised. Then there's the risk of getting distracted on top of all of that. And I haven't even spoken about social media yet. That's where being unintentional with what we follow and all that massively increases our tendency to get distracted. While I'm on the topic of social media, let's talk about digital social media clutter and values. Over time, we follow people or businesses or whatever And very quickly, there's hundreds of accounts that we've forgotten who or what some of them even are. Then when we're scrolling down our feed, which is supposed to be of the people and things we want to stay up to date with, it's a mishmash of randomness. So then we're giving attention to things that we probably don't actually value, usually unintentionally. These apps are designed to capture our attention, and they do a good job at it. But in the process, everything we give our attention to is affecting us, and we need to reflect on whether what we're permitting to enter our attention all the time, i.e. the accounts we follow, is it a reflection of our true values. 
you can actually curate your data to help you stay in alignment with your values, which is really cool. Now, you know what's not cool? Climate change. Okay, that was a really lame segue into the environment. You're probably confused as what digital clutter has to do with climate change, so let me provide some clarity. To put it simply, online data is not just floating around in an invisible cloud like it can be easy to think it is. It's stored somewhere on a server, which is basically like a computer in a warehouse somewhere. So there's electricity being used to store data, and there's electricity being used to process data. It probably sounds pretty minuscule, but when I started hearing statistics about this, I was actually pretty shocked. The carbon footprint of the internet and its supporting systems account for, drumroll, 4% of global greenhouse emissions, which is equal to the amount produced globally by the airline industry. And it's not one of those big corporation problems either. 75% of the total digital footprint is produced by individuals like you and me. So the electricity that it takes to process a text email emits 4 grams of CO2 into the environment and a text email with a large attachment emits approximately 50 grams of CO2. Like, I'm no climate scientist, but I know what 50 grams is, and I know that gas is really light, so I can imagine that that's a lot of carbon dioxide emitted from a freaking email. I mean, majority of that is processing the attachment, but come on, that's intense. So, not being on the email list of newsletters that you have no interest in will be reducing your climate footprint. Storing emails also come with a carbon footprint as well. The average American has around 500 unread emails, and if we deleted those 500 unread emails, assuming they're not important emails, that would save an average of 175 grams of carbon dioxide if each email contributes 0.3 grams of CO2 each year. These statistics are crazy to think about, but at the end of the day, this is real. The pages of emails in our inbox or the bunch of unneeded files on our Google Drive is actually having an effect on the environment that we live in. And it can be confronting being faced with the realization of our personal responsibility. Like imagine if 20 people listening to this went and deleted 500 emails. That's like three and a half kilos of CO2 this podcast episode would be responsible for preventing to emit into our delicate atmosphere. I get really excited thinking about stuff like that. Everyday people like you and me becoming aware of our environmental impact and making these little steps to shifting it is what creates ripples through our communities. And then the big guys that are doing most of the damage to the planet have no choice but to change their practices too. The ecosystems on this earth are hanging by a thread and there's no time for putting this shit off. And there are plenty of us out here with our hands out to help as well. Okay, sorry, not sorry for the ecological motivation mini speech, but let's get back to digital clutter. Let me take you on a little journey of what life would feel like being digital clutter free. You would check your phone in the morning and the only notifications would be important ones if there even are any. When you go to your email, there's only a few emails there in your inbox in which you will either delete 
file into the appropriate folder or leave in your inbox to attend to later on in the day. Doing work on your computer is done with such a clear mind and your productivity is so damn good because you are dealing with a system where everything is labeled, organized, and effortless to find. When you go on social media, you have a feed of your actual real friends and accounts that truly inspire, educate, or entertain you. And when you go to show someone a photo on your phone, you can quickly find it because you don't have to scroll through 200 random screenshots and duplicates in your camera roll. All sounds pretty ideal, yeah? The reality for most people is that it will probably take many hours of sorting and deleting to get there. I have a lesson inside my decluttering course that guides my students through a big digital declutter like this. But I've positioned that lesson in the course after all of the physical decluttering is done because this process can be very time consuming and I want you to be able to put your feet up in a decluttered home while you tackle the process. Now, I've actually created a one hour digital decluttering challenge for you. It's a really fun, easy challenge where you spend 10 minutes in one type of digital clutter and then move on creating some impactful lightness in six parts of your digital life. So the six categories of this little challenge that I've made are computer files, email, Instagram following list, Facebook notifications, phone apps, and phone files. You can feel a noticeable difference in all of these places in just an hour. I have a low file size PDF that you can download to help guide you through the activity and there is a link in the description for this podcast. I know I know I just spoke about the carbon footprints of email attachments but using this PDF to do this activity is going to save way more carbon dioxide than it will emit. This is what you will do when following the activity. You'll need a 10 minute timer. Your phone clock app is fine. Part one is spending 10 minutes sorting your computer files. So pick an area of your computer files that you use a lot. It could be a work folder, your documents folder, anywhere where a good declutter is going to impact your daily life, or at least the time that you spend on your computer. Then you're going to do what we do in physical decluttering and create homes for the items and evaluating if you should even be keeping them. So spend 10 minutes creating some folders and either putting files into these folders or deleting them. When the 10 minute timer is up, you can move on to email. So you'll basically be doing the same thing. If you don't already use folders on your email, it's a good idea to start with creating some folders for the type of emails that you keep. That could be accounts, travel, shopping, personal, work. You know what type of emails that you need to keep. So make some folders that are relevant to you. And you can make more as you go along and there's a need for different folders presenting themselves to you. Then click your first email and either file it, delete it, or leave it in your inbox to take action on. If you open an email that you don't want to receive again, click unsubscribe at the bottom before deleting it. The action of unsubscribing can be annoying, but it's actually saving you from having to receive and delete, I guess, infinite emails moving on from here. 
So then keep going with that process for 10 minutes and see how far you get. Probably one, two or three pages, I'd guess. But you gotta start somewhere and that can actually make a big difference, especially if you're unsubscribing. Next is your Instagram following list, which could be easiest to do from your computer. Almost any sort of productive task is easier to do from your computer, to be honest. Go to your profile and open the following list. Then just spend 10 minutes going down the list, unfollowing anyone that you don't value popping up onto your feed all the time. And yes, it's okay to unfollow people you know if you want to. We spend so much time wrapped up in the curiosity of what our acquaintances are posting online. Remember not to get distracted looking at content on Instagram. You've got 10 minutes and the challenge is to spend it doing an audit of who you follow. The fourth task is your Facebook notifications. It's best to do this one on your computer as well. This is another task where it can be easy to be distracted. It's called a challenge for a reason, right? Open up your notifications and if you click the three dots, if you're on a computer, there will be an option called open notifications where you can bring your notifications big screen. Then you can hover over individual notifications that you don't care for and click the three dots on each individual one that you don't care for and click turn off notifications like this. Or it might say something similar to that. So these days we get lots of notifications about random people posting in random groups we're in. You can click those and click only receive notifications about my friends in this group there should be a similar option for other types of unwanted notifications you get too. The goal with Facebook notification decluttering is that the notifications you should get should actually involve you, like being tagged in something or someone replying to you. All the random things that Facebook just wants to throw in your face, you can let the news feed do that job. Then when the timer goes off before you end up in a Facebook rabbit hole, Pull out your phone and edit your phone apps. So with your phone apps, we download random apps for random reasons and then they're stuck on our phone. But they're not stuck. You can delete them. So spend another 10 minutes deleting unwanted apps on your phone. If you can get through all of the pages of apps and the timer is still going, maybe you can make folders and organize your home screen a little bit better. And then the final task is spending 10 minutes on your phone photos. So my little hack for time saving is to go through all of the other photo folders before your camera roll. Screenshots is a big one. Reason for this is when you have things like screenshots mixed in with all your camera photos, it slows down the process of sorting through it. Delete everything that you don't need or don't want anymore. And when you get to the camera roll photos, do a quick delete of the ones that you obviously don't need anymore. This is a 10 minute challenge and it's not the time to be looking through 20 similar photos trying to choose the best ones. You just want to make the biggest impact you can make in these 10 minutes. And then when the hour is up, you did it. You will have successfully made an impactful difference on your digital clutter. So if you want to swap an hour of scrolling social media for an hour of digital decluttering, 
head to the link in the description of this episode for a written copy of these instructions. Don't just listen to this episode and think, "Mm, yeah, I could totally use some digital decluttering. My life is a mess online. But then don't actually take any action. Yes, I know that decluttering your whole digital life is going to take ages, which is why I've made this 60-minute challenge. Even if you don't have an hour now, go and download the challenge PDF and then put it in your calendar whenever you know that you'll have an hour of spare time in the next week and get this done. I'm telling you that you've got to know how much of a difference this is going to make to your time and mental clarity and productivity and all of that. That's everything that I have to share for this episode. And if you value topics like decluttering, sustainability, home organizing, and finding your own version of minimalism, and you're subscribed to the Sorted Out Sustainably podcast, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the entirety of this podcast episode. I love helping you create a life of more joy, more time, more sustainability, more simplicity and intentionality by inspiring you to live with less mindless consumption and less waste. I'm here to help and if you click subscribe to this podcast, you should see a new episode about every week. I have a bunch of previous episodes that might help you and a bunch more cooking. Be sure to be following me on Instagram where I like to have fun with Instagram reels and I pop into stories to chat sometimes too. I also have some free tools you can check out like my PDF for 10 questions to ask yourself when decluttering to help you make decisions where you're getting stuck and a quiz that you can take to tell you what type of minimalist you are so that you can get some personalized tips to help you along your journey. I have an $11 minimalism mini course with a big sustainability focus. It can be done in just a few hours over a weekend. That's why I called it the Radical Shift Weekend. And if you're interested in completely revolutionizing your relationship with stuff by decluttering your entire home, I have a course for that too. It's called Cut Clutter and Cultivate Joy. The waitlist for my whole house decluttering course is in the show notes of this episode, along with everything else I mentioned. I wish you the best day or night wherever you are. My name is Steph, and if you're subscribed to the Sorted Out Sustainably podcast, I'll chat to you next week.